In last week's gospel reading, we saw Jesus go to his hometown of Nazareth, and they did not roll out the red carpet for him. They recognized that he had superior wisdom and had done some pretty mighty works in other places, but that did not lead them to believe in him. Rather, they took offense at him. He left and went to other villages where he continued to preach and teach. Then he called the 12 apostles and sent them on a mission to cast out evil spirits. We see in that reading that the first thing the apostles did was not to cast out those evil spirits. The first thing they did was to ask people to repent. They had a message to proclaim before proceeding to heal and cast out demons. Apparently, after they left for the mission, this incident of the killing of John the Baptist happened. It just seems to come out of nowhere and breaks the flow of of what Mark had begun to tell us. And it does not seem to have any connection to what Jesus had commissioned the apostles to go and do. But life itself doesn't happen linearly. Often, many things are happening at the same time. And if you choose to tell something about what happened in your life, it may not always be this happened, and then that happened, and then the next thing happened. Things do happen in our lives, even if you say your life is a boring one, being the same from day to day. You go out, you work, you go to the store, you go visit someone, you drive, you bike. Lots of different thoughts cross your mind as you do so. You may simply make a mental note as you go along. Now, something can trigger some memory when you're having a conversation and may leave you to tell others about different things in your life. One time it may be one thing, another time it may be something else, but they all happened. So as Mark tells the story of what happened in Jesus' hometown, and his sending of the disciples on a mission, the Holy Spirit prompted him to tell the story of the killing of John the Baptist. It is shocking to the mind what Herod did to John. Herod had done what ought not to be done, but he was a king, and kings often do whatever they want. They don't care if they hurt somebody's feelings. They don't care if they break some laws. They are the law. They wield enormous power, and you dare not challenge them. You have to agree with what they do, and if you don't, then you have to turn a blind eye to what they do. That's just the way things are in places that are ruled by kings. Mark tells us why John was beheaded. He has spoken boldly, confronting Herod about him marrying his brother's wife. He said it was wrong. And Herod needed to change his mind and act to get out of that relationship with his brother's wife. It is a very strange thing to have an affair with your own brother's wife and then take her as your wife. And John did not care to separate church and state. What is not right is not right. So he spoke up. That really offended Herod's new and illegitimate wife, Herodias. She wanted to kill John. But Herod did not want that to happen. So he had him put in prison instead, 
It was some kind of preventive detention and also an attempt at diffusing the tension. It is surprising, given Herod's reputation of tolerating no dissent whatsoever. Mark tells us that although Herod was greatly puzzled by John when John spoke to him, he still liked to listen to him. Maybe John was saying things to him about God that he hadn't heard about before. Since he was a king, maybe he liked to hear about a king from heaven mightier than any king who had ever lived and who was interested in the affairs of human beings here on this earth. Kings like to hear stories about other kings. Given what we know about John's preaching, he very likely was telling Herod about Jesus as the savior of the world. As you know, John just couldn't help himself. He had to speak about Jesus every opportunity he had, regardless of who it was, to the powerful and the less powerful, to the rich and the poor, to the soldiers and the civilians. It was all the same. Nothing animated him more than when he was telling others about Jesus Christ, pointing him out as the savior of the world who had come in flesh and blood. But John also talked about repentance. People changing their minds and their lives because they are accountable to God. Herod heard that what he had done was against the law of God. Anything against the law of God that you persist in, denying it to be wrong, puts you in dangerous territory with him, regardless of who you are. Herod seemed to take what John was saying about his marriage in stride. His wife Herodias, on the other hand, was incensed by the whole thing. And when you are enraged, the next thing you want to do, if you are able to do so, is to resort to silencing the person forever by killing him. But John will not be silenced, because this repentance thing is a requirement for all people. No one should say when they are doing wrong and made aware of it, I'm not doing anything wrong. God will hold you to account, if not now in this life, then at the time of the judgment when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Herod would have heard that from John. That is probably one reason why he did not want to kill him. Moreover, John was extremely popular among the people. So Herod wouldn't want to risk a riot from the people and face being removed as king by the emperor. So he kept John in prison to appease his wife and then also to keep having conversations with him and to keep his throne. And then his birthday came. He threw a huge party with all the high officials and his military high command in attendance. Kings like to boast about their power. Herod was no different. But I don't know whether or not he had had too much to drink because what he did next was unheard of. When Herodias' daughter came to dance, he was so impressed, he promised to give her anything she would ask for up to half of his kingdom, right in front of all those officials. Because women would have had their celebration in a different part of the palace, she went out to her mother for advice. What shall I ask? The head of John the Baptist. Herodias replied, her daughter hurries back to Herod with a request. 
Maybe she even added a twist of her own. I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Herod reluctantly kept his word. He had been trapped by his covetousness, unfaithfulness, and flippant swearing. He preferred to save face before Herodias' daughter and his important guests rather than to saving the one who had become his religious friend. And so he fulfilled his wife's wishes. He did what John said was wrong, and then he did even worse by killing him. Perhaps, if John had compromised his message or kept his mouth shut, he could have escaped death. Yet his death was not because of an unimportant issue. He had a God-appointed task to fulfill, that of calling all to repentance. Repentance is not optional. It is a recognition of the fact that you fall short. While ignorance is not an excuse, it is especially important that when you are made aware that you are falling short with regard to the word of God, you acknowledge it and aim to change it. It is a requirement for all. John didn't care about the status of oppressing because God desires all sinners to repent. Me, you, and everybody. But although repentance is about change in thinking and change in behavior, that is not all there is to it. Many people do feel remorse for something they have done wrong. They may be feeling ashamed about it. They feel sorry and apologize for it. But true repentance for us has an object, the person of Jesus Christ, the one whom the disciples and John could not get tired about proclaiming. Without Jesus in the picture, whatever ideas people may have about repentance is not what counts. But with him in the picture, it counts. What is going on in your life that you need to change your mind about? What are you struggling to hold on to, even though you know it is wrong according to the word of God? The spirit of God is within you to remind you and to push you to let go of them and drop them into the waiting and strong arms of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's the only one who matters. This one, without whom nothing was made that has been made, came down to this earth for this purpose of freeing us from what is holding us up and drawing us to himself. It matters that what led to this whole recounting by Mark of the murder of John was what Herod had heard about, the work of Jesus. His work was not hidden or obscure, and it was generating a whole lot of conversation, and people were drawing their own conclusions about him. Some said John the Baptist had been raised from the dead, and that is why these miracle powers, miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said he's Elijah, and still others, he's a prophet, like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised from the dead. You can only imagine the sense of guilt and fear in him over what he had done. Herod and all the people were implying that Jesus ought to be someone who had risen from the dead in order to be able to do the mighty works he was doing. 
They were all wrong, of course, because Jesus had not yet been crucified and he had not risen from the dead. He was able to do his mighty works because he was not merely a man, he was God and man in one person. It had never happened before. And it boggles the mind even today that a person can be God as well as a man in a single person. But what is impossible for humans to grasp with our minds, God has accomplished in Jesus Christ. And while Herod and the rest of the people were wrong in saying that somebody had to have risen from the dead to do the mighty works Jesus was doing, they were right in one sense they could not have imagined. Jesus, indeed, would rise from the dead after, after a brutal treatment and crucifixion. On the third day, he rose again from the dead, proof that he was whom he claimed to be. Vindication, that repentance and faith in him gives what he promises, forgiveness of sins, a present peace with God, and the certainty of everlasting life with him. Repentance is a requirement for all. But it is not a requirement to earn your place with God. As God's people, his Holy Spirit-filled word fills you, convicts you, and leads you to take your sins to Jesus and leave them with him. And Jesus has assured you that he will definitely take them away from you and renew your mind and your life as he prepares you to welcome him when he comes back to this earth as he has promised. John was killed because he lived for Jesus. But he will rise again because Jesus lives. It is the same promise for you. You will die because it is what happens to everybody. But because Jesus lives and you believe in him, you will rise again and live forever. It is the unbreakable promise of Jesus for you. Amen.